Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hello, Hallmarkies and Postables. Welcome to our next episode of Deliver Me a Podcast, part of the Hallmarkies podcast, where we talk about all things signed, sealed, and delivered. And today we are covering the last of the signed, sealed, delivered episodes called A Hope and a Future. I am Jess, and we have three other lovely guests with us here today. We have Cami. Hi, everybody. We also have Casey. Hello. And we have a very special guest joining us, Adam Corson. Thanks for coming on, Adam. Hello. I am so happy to be here. <laughs> this is great. Is anybody worried that they're seeing double? <laughs> I mean, I wish I was able to like clone myself and just, you know, for this particular, maybe I'll, I'll do it here and then I'll do this. There you go. Just sort of like mirror, mirror effect. Clap your glasses on, take them know, off. Great idea. I love the idea. Lovely, lovely. All right, well, let's get going. All right, would you stop talking? We could do this the whole time. Classic technique. There we go. You know, I should say my first ever like, like theater creation I was in seventh grade and we had to pick an explorer, right? To write about and to present on. And I choose Christopher Columbus. And when the teacher said that you had to create this presentation, in my mind, that went to a one man show. And so I wrote this entire one man show <laughs> on Chris Columbus, his life. And I literally went from like this to this you know, like putting on a jacket, taking off a jacket. It was probably the best thing I ever did. You know, <laughs> mine is time to deliver, I would have to say. But, of course. Uh, of course. <laughs> I hope you got I an A plus on that, on that assignment. I did get an A plus. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. <laughs> that so sounds like something I would have done. <laughs> right? I mean, it was just, it was the best time. And then, of course, like, I can't remember one holiday. My family, like the whole family was over having dinner and my parents were like, oh, go do that, the thing with the, the thing. Columbus. <laughs> and of course I got all my props and my wardrobe and I did the whole rendition. It was, I showed my wife recently and um, <laughs> well, she's still married to me. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, past that obstacle there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 so did you know already at that young age that acting was for you and was something you wanted to do or is it something you kind of pursued more seriously later in your you know life? what I think that that was probably um the first moment where I was where like that the bug kicked in I mean I grew up watching film and tv and, and every Saturday night um my family would we would order pizza and we would have a picnic on the floor and watch movies. The kids, we got to pick, you know, some 
you know, Ernest Saves Christmas type movie, you know, <laughs> and my parents pick, you know, like a Alfred Hitchcock movie or, you know, uh, some, something a classic. So from a young age, I was, my education was really through film on these Saturday night pizza picnics, which was mm -hmm. so much fun. Um, and then, you know, and I always wanted to be, I mean, I wanted to be everything. I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to be like a, like a tow truck guy that would like save people on the side of the road. Um, and then it was like, I realized, oh, that was just um, what I was watching on screen. Like mm -hmm. I wanted to, I didn't want to be that in real life. I wanted to yeah. portray that, you know? Um, I didn't want to go through all the schooling uh, to become a doctor. <laughs> uh, I wanted to play one on TV. So, um, but that, it, it was actually that project, that Christopher Columbus project, where I think the bug was like, mm -hmm. oh, I could, I, could, I could do this. Man. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's and awesome. so um, this, this Science of Delivered has been your only Hallmark role, correct? That you've had? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which is I'm exciting. down to do more. Love, <laughs> love the Hallmark brand. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, we'd love to see you. We'd okay. love to see you as more. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get on board with that. All right. All right. We'll get the postables to, uh, you know, advocate for you. Oh, yeah. Let's they're very vocal. Let's put out yes. a, Twitter, a Twitter campaign and get it going. We'll get your hashtag started. <laughs> hashtag Adam Corson on Hallmark. There you go. <laughs> love the branding. Let's do Look it. Get you in there. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and so, um, do you have a favorite project um, that you've done or a particular movie or TV show that you've worked on? Uh, I would have to say, I mean, the Science of Delivered episode was one that, for me, will always remain special. Um, the, the cast alone is just, they were so great and, and so loving. Um, the, the creators, everyone involved was just phenomenal. Um, but getting to work with Carol Burnett, for me- <laughs> We were gonna ask about that. We were yes. gonna ask about that. <laughs> you know, uh, and I've been, I've been really you know, lucky over, over the course of my career, I got to work with Betty White and I got to work, you know, and there's just some like real impactful people um, that I've been able to, to work with. Um, and it's funny because Eric Mavius and I, did this film years ago. It was an ABC Family film, and I had like a like a just like the small part in it. It was called Nature of the Beast, and it was about a werewolf. It was some <laughs> Halloween. It was I don't. I mean, I never really saw it, um, but it was this like werewolf Halloween thing, um, and he was like the the head werewolf. Eric was, and. I don't know, I should just tell you. And I was like the guy who was like the, um, the kid who got eaten by him and killed. Uh, I never became a werewolf, I just was <laughs> food. Um, so then like cut to, you know, that was what, 2006 or seven, so maybe like 10 years later, I guess, or just under, here we are now doing this. And so that was a sort of fun reunion. You know? <laughs> And he's great. I mean, he's, I mean, everybody was, was, was really great, but, but that was fun to be able to reconnect with them. So, uh, favorite role, this, this definitely holds a special place in my heart, um, for many reasons, but, um, I would probably say a role I did years ago called, it was on a show called Seed, um, which was, was a lot of fun. Um, and I got to lead that show. And so there were a lot of really fun challenges 
uh, within that show. Um, so yeah, I would say probably those two. But Carol Burnett, I mean, how can we go wrong? Oh yeah, and especially in this yeah. one, her character is just so lots of drama. She's very theatrical. <laughs> completely, <laughs> completely. Yeah. I want to. I want to know how on earth you kept a straight face during her entire circus clown monologue. I mean, it's just, I mean, I, I watch it and I'm dying two seconds in and it's, how on earth did they all keep a straight right. face? Well, you know, it, it, it was definitely tough. I mean, look, she is um, like the kindest person. She remembered everybody's name, right? Oh, on oh, set, wow. Which was amazing. Um, it, it, she's a legend. I mean, she's an absolute legend. And you sort of, it wasn't so much about worrying about laughing, you know, during her phenomenal work. It was more so of like, don't get caught in like the captivation of this legend in front of you. Do you know what I mean? Remember, right. you have a line to say coming <laughs> up, you know? Um, so there was that. But I think from, I mean, the, the best part, which nobody would know, was in between takes. Because in between takes, um, we were laughing, we were telling jokes, we were singing Luck Be A Lady. She just started <laughs> singing um, the, the verse, like the, the before the, the even, you know, um, uh, main part that most people know about. Um, and I joined in. And she was surprised that she that I knew that part of the song, and so she's in the hospital bed, getting you know dragged from the hallway back into the room because we're doing another take, and we're singing "Luck Be a Lady." <laughs> and telling you, I swear, I felt like I was in the Carol Burnett show. That it is was, like, a dream come awesome. true. You know, it was amazing. And then at the end, uh, this was uh, day two, or I can't remember when it was. Um, we finished and she had her arms out and she went, Adam, and we shared a hug and it was just oh. the sweetest. She's the best, the absolute best. That, that is, so is awesome. And that's so yeah. special too, to be able to just share those moments with someone such as, you know, Carol Burnett, especially since, you know, all, a lot of the old, the greats of TV, you know, they're all getting older and it's yeah. becoming a very nostalgic time for a lot of people. Yeah. So yeah. that is just so special and mm -hmm. so fun. I mean, how many people could say they sing Luck Be a Lady <laughs> with Carol Burnett? Yeah, I, mean, I feel like there's really a small group of us <laughs> that can say that. Uh, yeah, no, she's that, uh, if my career ended after that, I would be thrilled. Wow, awesome. Yeah. You guys didn't start into all no, did you? Into what? <laughs> you didn't start into all no, did you? No, oh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if they do want to, you know, create another episode where they, we should probably work that out. Again, another Twitter campaign that we can put together. <laughs> <laughs> Sing-alongs with Adam and Carol. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> I would have to be, you know... Well, you better watch out. The post bulls will start tweeting that way too. <laughs> We've been talking on the podcast for so long about a Hallmark musical. So we have. Well, here we. What, what are we waiting for here? <laughs> Let's get it together. It's bound to happen. Hallmark Michelle. <laughs> with Carol and Adam. There you go. <laughs> yes. You know what? You know, my background really... is actually in musical theater. 
Really? Oh, yours too. I, start, I started, I went to a school called Randolph Academy for Performing Arts. And um, there you had to, it was, it was sort of like fame. Was it fame? The television show with the, yeah, it was fame, yeah. right? Uh -huh. The kids that like, went to the, right, so it was that. Um, and uh, you had to sing, you had to take dance, and you had to act. I went in as an actor, but you still had to do all three. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So that, that, I mean, I'm That's down awesome. for a musical any day. Yeah. My background is yeah. musical theater too, so <laughs> it gets me very Great. excited. <laughs> now, will Martha Williamson be able to put something together for mm, us? Can she write a musical? She could write a musical for Shane and Oliver's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> and the twins show up. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. This is the great writer's room, greatest writer's room ever. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think Oliver would be horrified <laughs> some musical at his wedding. <laughs> For sure. Oh, so um, tell us a little bit, what was it like to play twins? Did you kind of have, you know, any set mannerisms or personality traits you put into each one or kind of how did that process look like for you? Uh, it, it was the first time I ever played twins. Um, and so have you done it research, since? What's that? Have you done it since? Uh, only for my wife. Uh, <laughs> we, do, we do Sunday afternoon, you know, like when you're kids and you would stand in the living room and do shows. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> we have dinner and then it's the show time. And so this Sunday will be my turn and maybe I'll do a recreation of, uh, uh, sign sealed delivered. There uh, you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so so yes, it's actually my my one and only time when I played twins, um, and that was interesting. And doing research, um, and not at the time, this didn't come out at the time, but interesting seeing it after. I don't know if um, the Three Identical Strangers. Have you seen the documentary? I have heard of it. It's a really captivating yes. documentary. Um, uh, and, and the research that I did before, uh, the role, uh, was so very much in line with what that documentary was saying was that even, um, finding that twins, um, that don't grow up together still have similar mannerisms and ways and, you know, you know, brings in the, the whole, you know, nature versus nurture and all that. But, so I didn't want to stray too far, um, mm -hmm. away, uh, on a mannerism level, um, they did adjust uh, the look slightly, mm -hmm. but uh, certainly the doctor in my mind was, was gonna be a little bit more refined, a little bit more together, um, and also a little bit more closed off uh, because obviously he didn't have the same upbringing um, mm -hmm. as Josh, right? Matt. Um, Josh is Matt. the doctor, Matt is yeah. the- mm -hmm. Matt. Yeah. Um, see, I, I now still get confused. <laughs> uh, <laughs> before well, each take, I'd be like, I am Matt. <laughs> uh, well, and you haven't done it for a while, so. That is true, too. That is true, too. Um, so, so there was that, you know, knowing that, that Josh would be a little bit more together, mm -hmm. right? Um, the fun thing that I got to do, um, and this was a tribute to Carol, was there is the part in the uh, hospital where I come out and I deliver the news and where uh, right before I, I see Matt um, and I do a, a pull of the ear. Yes. And I did that on purpose 
for Carol. For the Carol Burnett show, yes. Oh. Yeah. And so if you go back and you see, you'll see me, you know, sort of yeah. rub my ear. And it was in that moment of um, getting a hug and sort of the, that wall, the doctor wall sort of breaking down a little bit. Mm -hmm. oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Did you only work with a split screen or was there a double as well? There was a double. There was a double. Um, and I mean, the way they, they did it all was, was really phenomenal. Um, that double, you know, sort of in the background and only catching like a little bit of the, of the double or the double would be out of focus. Mm -hmm. um, obviously wearing the same wardrobe. Um, there was a split screen right at the very end. Right. We sitting together. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the double who was, who was great. He was there and uh, it was a little freaky because he did, he did look like me somewhat. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but it was, it was, you know, make, it was the, the science of it all, making sure to get the right angles to not, you know, give it away um, was, was a, a fun thing to be a part of. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so that's that's going to be a good segue into uh, talking about the letter story. But before we do, um, we do what we call these team beat questions, and they're just really fun, silly questions uh, to get to know you a little bit more. And so, okay. Kim and Casey, are you guys going to did you say divide them? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I so have... Casey, you go ahead. All righty. What would you say is the best ice cream flavor? Uh, chocolate peanut butter fudge. Brownie. Oh, that is a good one. Yes. <laughs> Man, I'm hungry now. <laughs> that one I have to hide from my kids. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Uh, favorite color? Blue. Yeah. Good choice. <laughs> what music are you listening to right now? Ooh. Um, well, I guess I'm in <laughs> I said your wife's? Right, yeah, my wife's music. That is true. I'm, I'm uh, Siobhan Dylan. One voice is what it's. The album is called One Voice. Um, but we can talk about that after. Um, but I've just I've been listening to a lot of Hans Zimmer. Does that make me a, a nerd? I no. hope so. <laughs> I'm being a nerd. I love being a nerd. Major <laughs> Renaissance man. Right. <laughs> yes. It's awesome. Uh, what's your go-to date night food? Sushi. Ooh. Yes, I I'm love allergic. Some... So. Oh, are you? Oh. Wow. I love me some good sushi too. Good, like really good sushi. And yes. Vancouver, where we shot, Sign So Delivered, has phenomenal sushi. That is what I've heard. A lot of um, actors that we've interviewed on the podcast have said sushi is fantastic in Vancouver. Yes. But you know what? You can't really also deny like a really good steakhouse where the lights are dim, you've got like a candle on the table. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, a bottle of wine, maybe. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is your go-to date night or date day activity? Steakhouse. Perfect answer. I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, that, that, that can be an activity. There's a lot to do in a steakhouse. Oh, yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a really good question. I mean, I would probably say during the day going to the beach and having like a picnic on the sand, watching the sunset, you know, being able to like spend the afternoon and, and mm -hmm. evening there. Man awesome. after my own heart. 
So can I can I get my husband down here? And- <laughs> Take notes. <laughs> Sweetie, we're going to a beach. Then we're going to a steakhouse. You better get down here. And take some notes. <laughs> Okay, let's see if I can stop laughing to ask you the next one. <laughs> um, dogs or cats? Dogs. Okay. Beaches or mountains? Oh, that's... I was going to say, you're in L.A., but... Both. Yeah. Right? But uh, I'm going to go with mountain because you get to see the beach in the distance. Oh, there you go. Best no, one's, no one's ever said that before. <laughs> <laughs> They've said both with the beach looking up at the mountains. So, sure. wow. I like uh, to be you know, closer to the sky, you know, closer to heaven. You can just, you know, you just touch it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, suit and tie or sweats? Ooh, I mean, sweats. Although it is nice to put on a suit and tie, you know, but you put on a suit and tie, then you're like, can I just get on the back of my sweats? <laughs> you, know, you, know, you go out and put the suit and tie on, and you're like, I just want to get back home and put the sweats back on. You know? <laughs> Especially in quarantine now. I mean, I know we're all living in to wear a suit and tie now. <laughs> no. no, definitely not. All righty. Favorite holiday? Uh... Favorite holiday? That's a really good question. Fourth uh, of July is really fun. And I do enjoy Fourth of July. But there's something about Christmas time that just is unlike any other time of the year. It's magical. So mm-hmm. It is. It really is. Everything changes. You know, it's like, People are kinder, you know, things are just, mm-hmm. I don't know, the air smells better. I don't know. But it, <laughs> Christmas time. Especially in the world of Hallmark, Christmas, you know, Christmas is well, where it's okay. at. Right? Right? I mean, you, you want to go out and play in the snow, right? Or you're totally fine staying in with like a cup of cocoa by the fire. I mean, you, you can't go wrong. <laughs> no, you can't. can't go wrong. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Although he's the fire, first one. You got the barbecue, you got to do the fireworks. It's just the whole thing. He's the first one to say 4th of July and he's yeah. a Canadian. That's right. <laughs> really? Oh. Yeah, you're the first yeah. one. Wow, interesting. I figure, I feel like that was like the go-to. No, wow. Yeah. Nope. Christmas is I, most people's. Yeah, most people say Christmas. Yeah, it's Christmas, Thanksgiving, and I think New, New Year's. Year's are the top three. Oh, I haven't heard New heard. Year's yet. I've heard of New Year's. <laughs> I've heard New Year's. Okay. Yeah. Right. And last one, this might be a little bit harder because you're not as involved with the network, but favorite holiday, I mean, favorite Hallmark movie. Do you watch them? <laughs> you know what? It's funny because growing up, me and my family, we used to watch a lot of Hallmark movies. Uh, okay. It was like the go-to. Uh, but I can't remember off the top of my head um, the only thing, which wasn't Hallmark, but I just keep thinking about Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. Oh, yeah. I love Dr. Quinn. <laughs> so can I just say Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman? Is that all right? Yeah, sure, I think they air it on Hallmark Drama now. Oh, yeah, so. they yeah. air it all yeah. the time. Yep, done. Like, okay. Daily. <laughs> <laughs> 
and they were they were airing it on Hallmark Channel for a while. Mm-hmm. So oh, okay. yeah, okay. so you're so good. We go. <laughs> there we go. My favorite Hallmark movie actually will be the musical version starring Carol and Adam. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is there an echo in here? Right? <laughs> Everyone has to do this when they Carol and Jazz dance. There you go. <laughs> it would be great actually if the postables could send videos on Twitter, right? And just, just doing this. Carol and Adam. Look at it go, Casey. Come on, Casey, put down the microphone and join in. (laughs) (laughs) I got everyone doing it. (laughs) All right, we need a a screenshot of that. (laughs) (laughs) Postables, you know you saw this. Share on the socials when you do. Carol and Adam. We'll get it trending. We'll get it trending. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, awesome. All right. So that brings us to our recap of the episode. And so this one starts. We see a very young woman dropping off a little baby um, at the, the door of a church. And um, there's a, a little letter that, that goes with the baby. And he's wearing a little, little hat that says Joshua. And we you know also... my middle name is Joshua, by the way. No, it no is way. not. There's some trivia. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. And my parents almost called me Matthew. Oh. So. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you Talk were about born meant to, to play me. this role. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Let's the recap. <laughs> no, this is what we want. Right. We want yeah, we, we, we want love these yeah, We love this stuff. <laughs> we love tidbits. <laughs> so now we know Adam slash Joshua slash Matthew is born right. to play this role. Right. <laughs> and um, we see in the in the uh, the episode that there's a little plaque outside the church that has part of a, a scripture verse on it, talking about a hope in the future, which will come into play. And when they Jess, him. Jess. When calls the heart connection, that oh. that young woman, that young woman plays Katie, Katie Yost. Katie Yost and When Calls the Heart. So I don't Casey, know who that is, but I'll take your I, Yes, I, yep. Casey, Casey and I are very big When Calls the Heart fans, just so you know, Adam. No, that's, that's good to know. That is good to know. Yeah. I mean, these are all helpful pieces of information that may come into play down the line. Yes. Oh. During the Carol and Adam, Adam. show. Exactly. <laughs> when calls the heart could be, I don't know, we can put them in somewhere. Oh, we, oh, the, the Hardys have been saying forever they want a musical episode. So, well, here uh, we go. This is it. The ball is rolling. Yeah. The ball is rolling. <laughs> so, the Postables get a special box of letters back at the DLL of lost dead letters that they have. And they happen to pick up this one that just has Pastor Thomas written on the outside. And on the inside is a note um, that doesn't have any name signed to it. Just says that, you know, um, here's a baby. His name's Joshua. has a heart condition. I cannot take care of him. Please help him get the care that he needs so that he can have a hope and a future. Mm -hmm. And Shane immediately gets on on the roll here and is able to find a women's center because it was written on a, a paper from a women's center and they discover 
Hope Center, Women's Center, run by William Thomas. And so they're able very quickly to track down, uh, track down the church that this child was left at. And then we learn Norman relates to this little baby in a very special way. And so what did you guys all think about, you know, learning that, that Norman was a foster kid and that he was adopted? Because we hadn't had any hints of that through the series. Did anyone have anything that whether you were really surprised or? Oh my gosh, I forgot that this is the first time we hear mm-hmm. about him being a foster kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, especially rec- retroactively reviewing it. Yeah, we're because we, <laughs> we, we, we watch times. everything. Boom, 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 boom. And then, oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I, I was surprised, but it made sense as to why he had so many cousins and to <laughs> why he was um, maybe super quirky, especially as you hear about, you know, how he was abandoned. And, you know, that's very traumatic as a young child. I think he was, he was very young. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, he was, was, I don't remember, but he was, he was founded as a stampede or he caused a stampede and yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it was for at a stock show. Right, right. And He's then four. he was adopted yeah. when he was eight for, yeah. by his forever family. So, mm-hmm. um, but you know what? Going to the actors, though, Jeff did an amazing job Gosh. with that, just showing the vulnerability of Norman. Because, I mean, up until this point, Norman just kind of, he's kind of aloof, right? We don't see his, his shell crack at all. He's very, you know, happy-go-lucky, kind of aloof. He does his thing. But this is the first time we get very personal, like up close and personal with Norman. And Jeff does an amazing job, especially when he hands um, Oliver the um, envelope that has Mm -hmm. the information about his birth family in it. And you can see his eyes are just like welling up. And I'm like, oh, he's Mm going to cry. And now I'm going to cry because they're all going to (laughs) cry. And And we're maybe like seven minutes in the movie. Or the TV show. Right. And this relationship that he and Oliver have have really established, he looks to Oliver as a big brother. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's the big brother that he never really had. And uh and he's more than a cousin because he because Oliver takes such good care of him mm-hmm. and he doesn't dismiss him. And it's just it's so beautiful that he hands it to Oliver to open because he can't do it himself. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't help but think a whole year, a whole year you go and you don't open this. He, he must've been terrified. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But with the help and support of the post he is able to open it via Oliver and learns that he has a grandmother who wants to, who wants to meet him. And uh, a grandmother she is. We uh, see oh the, the mailbox grill, and she just descends out of nowhere saying, Norman, it is I. It is me. <laughs> I am your grandmother. <laughs> just so theatrical. What were your guys' impressions when you first met? <laughs> that opening scene with Carol Burnett as artist Parker Pennington Payne. <sighs> I didn't see the credits. I didn't see the opening credits that she was in it. I must have been distracted or something. And so when she appeared, I just guffawed. I laughed out loud. I went, oh my gosh, it's so perfect. Because, <laughs> you know, I grew up watching Annie, the, the 1983 version of Annie. And so she was always so amazing in that role. 
And then, you know, it's, I've seen a little bit of the Carol Burnett show and then to just see her pop up out of nowhere. I just, I, I died. I died laughing. She definitely had a lot of fun with that role, especially going up to um, uh, Oliver and like <laughs> squeezing his face because she thought he was Norman. I know, he's just talking about his jaw. <laughs> and she's like, you're not Norman, are you? No. Dash Norman. <laughs> and she's, she's just a fun character. And we see her, I'm supposed to know, throughout the rest of the series. And we learn about her being in the Biami tribe. And she drinks yak milk. And she's was in Papua New Guinea when they found her. And she is just, has a lot of culture wildfire (laughs) (laughs) and so norman gets to know uh to know his grandmother he learns a little bit about his his mother just just a little bit um nothing too much um but um as we learn though his grandmother is a little bit like shane and she likes to insert herself into situations where she probably has no business being in we'll get that out in a moment so back to to joshua and matt so the postables uh, set up a meeting to meet with Joshua to um, give him the letter. And um, what they learned, as we said, he's a cardiothoracic surgeon. So he had a heart condition, ended up going into medicine. And then when he gets that that letter um, that his mother wrote, he's just like, nope, she's, you know, I have my, my real mom, like my mother who, you know, adopted me and the one who cared about me. And just, he's not ready for that. He's not ready to accept that. So do you guys have any thoughts on that scene, how you felt, or any insight from you, Adam, on, on kind of playing well, that, that first so role? There's so many emotions that come to play when you get a letter, you know, that, that rocks your entire world. I mean, a moment of shock and, and not even really being able to uh, uh, process that um, mm-hmm. and the time, you know, given. It's, it's, it's what do you do, you know? Um, Certainly, it's not something that, that I've lived through. Um, uh, you can only sort of research and do, do your best at to how to uh, uh, approach it and, and, and understand it. Um, but it, 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 it would just rock someone's world completely, you know? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Mm-hmm. And, and that, Did and you... It, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. You go ahead. Did... Did you do any kind of a backstory uh, where you discovered for the character? Did your parents tell you at an early age? Did you grow up knowing you were adopted or did they reveal it to you when you were 18? Or did, did, you, do, did you go that far back into your backstory at all? From what I can remember, what I was doing was I uh, made the choice um, to obviously know that I was adopted, right? Um, that I didn't obviously know who, where I came from. Um, but um, I, I made the conscious decision that that letter was something new. Mm. You know, that, that, that that's not something that, that I had encountered yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think for, for me as the character, it was making the, the, the choice, even if it was just, um, a logical choice because 
he was very, he's very analytical. He's a doctor, facts, science matters. I think deep down, even whether he acknowledged it on a conscious level or, or not, which I believe uh, it wasn't a conscious level for him, but deep down in his like most private moment in his heart, um, I knew that there was love and care and something out there that he just didn't want to address. Mm-hmm. And the more that he could stand behind science and numbers and analysis, he didn't have to go down the path of feeling and emotion and then therefore dealing with his past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when this, when this comes to him, it's more so of, um, you know, a crack starts for sure. Right. But it's, I mean, it's a wall that is so deep. Yeah. You know, think of how many years he's had to build up this wall that it doesn't penetrate fully. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it could, you know. And, and that makes sense too, just knowing like, you know, the profession and just that backstory of having a very, very hard exterior. And that's just something very vulnerable for that character to mm-hmm. just have it brought back to him from strangers is, it's just very jarring in a sense. Completely. And uh, the revelations don't end there um, because as we learn soon after, Rita uh, sees a picture of Joshua and it's like, oh, that looks like just like this, uh, this sports person's coach or something. And they find out there's also somebody named Matthew who happens to be Joshua's twin. Yeah, And that happened. Yeah. (laughs) And just thinking like too, like obviously it's such a big shock from for joshua to learn oh here's a letter from my mother but really i think it's a bigger shock for matthew to like i had his brother and and he i got to stay with my mom and and you know joshua was given up for you know for the reasons of his medical care but still i think what do you guys think do you think it was harder news for for matthew or joshua to find out you know knowing learning all this matt matthew yeah yeah, because joshua grew up knowing or at least he had several years to know that he was adopted mm-hmm. but matthew is 32 years old and his mother is living that that was the thing that kind of caught me off guard so first the twin thing i was like whoa and then but my adoption you sure you have the right house my mother lives with us Oh my goodness! They were, <laughs> <laughs> she kept one of them. It, it was just this huge, whoa, mind-blowing moment. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was—I I think it was a bigger shock for Matt because he had no idea. He just that had that mm-hmm. instinctual feeling. How, how did you play that, Adam? Yeah, I mean, it's exactly—it's exactly that. Is that that Matt didn't know. Mm-hmm. Matt lived his life, you know, thinking one thing, and then all of a sudden, everything changes. Um, so that that definitely was more of a shock, um, and and certainly not equipped at all to deal with it. Um, whereas Josh, yeah, knew knew somewhat of of where he came from, which was adopted. Um, but Matt, I mean. Again, it, it, it's a similar sort of, his world gets rocked um, and there's time that's needed to process it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I think it penetrates Matt at a fast at a faster point than than Josh, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Josh has got that wall. Matt doesn't really have a wall, right? Um, yeah. yeah. So so it just cuts through him a little bit a little bit faster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And especially finding out it's not just a brother, it's a twin. And, you know, we hear all the time, I'm not a twin. I don't know if that anybody here is a twin, but twins that I know, they have this like telepathy going on and they've got this like super deep connection that's deeper than a regular brother and sister. So for that character, it's like a sucker punch to the gut, you know, like. Well, you know, it's funny because what we talked about three identical strangers, the documentary, um, before and um seeing that because these these triplets didn't mm-hmm. know that they existed yeah they found each other right when they're later on in life um and they had similar ways about them um and there is this bond there is this you know you you, you don't even realize it and later on in the episode in the hospital when they meet each other um the idea of pointing um that happened um it was a it was a conscious thing to point, but the way that the edit worked was incredible because that wasn't planned. Mm-hmm. Oh. You, you have both me and me pointing, <laughs> right, at the same time, but, but that's exactly what would happen, right? Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that one twin would do the same as the other twin. It might be different hands, but their mannerisms and their, the way that they do things would be similar. Um, yeah. But it, there is that unspoken, telepathic who knows what that connects connects the twins mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. absolutely yeah and i wish we had gotten you know a little bit more time i know it was this episode was such a heavy norman and his grandmother episode i wish we had gotten to see a little bit more on the twins and and them kind of dealing with those emotions because you know we, we do have a pretty once uh artist very cleverly gets them together via her she's having heart surgery and brings <laughs> randomly brings matthew in and um but yeah we didn't really see much of them kind of handling their their meeting for the first time we know mm-hmm. it goes well um joshua was able to, to hug his mother even though he was very closed off before the walls come down but i wish we had gotten to see a little bit more of that and just kind of all that taking place yeah. and i would have loved to see that conversation with the twins and norman too Oh, that was the one thing. I, yeah, just a little bit of something. Just because Norman is very close to that situation, the fact that he himself was adopted, and he was so excited to find his family, whereas Joshua was very like, "I don't want anything to do with it." So you have two polar opposites, and then you have Matthew, who's like, "I just found out I have a twin." So I thought it, you know, it would have been nice to see a little bit of yeah, that. There was nothing ever scripted in that in that moment. Um, it was only ever supposed to be us with with Norman, um, and uh, and then the big moment being the mother walks in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it would have been it, it would have been interesting to see. I mean, that in itself could be a, a, an entire separate series. I mean, right. that alone is such a heavy topic to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, that it is very and it, like you said, there was so much other stuff going on in that episode. Um, and that scene actually where the mother came in, they took time to get all that right. And especially because of the, we were both on screen together. And so the, mm-hmm. the special effects was an important part. Um, but then they had to do the kissing scene with the rain falling, right? Yes. Right after. Is that, that's when they kiss, right? 
No, no, they don't kiss. Oh, this yeah, time. sorry, no kiss. There's no. no. I was about to say, Jess, what are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> we have been talking about Kimmy how they, they you were we saying they, yeah, they, they, somebody we, almost kissed. Somebody wanted to kiss somebody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. with the rain and all that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my mind, it happened. It was the perfect setting for you know, in, a, in a typical rom com. That's where it would have happened. The music was right, the mood was right. right. Like, yeah. It's okay. They kiss in the rain and higher ground, and we don't get to see that one either. But right. anyways, <laughs> that aside. <laughs> uh, but there's there's so much to do in that episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and speaking of, of that scene, we do need to briefly talk about Shane and Oliver, and because this is a very important moment, uh, especially going into From Paris with Love and, and two movies later. Um, so we we saw in the the beginning of the toward the beginning of the episode, Shane's looking for tweezers for some reason and sliver she had a sliver a sliver um and she stumbles upon the letter that oliver wrote to holly in the treasure box episode and you know kind of uncharacteristically for shane she doesn't really try she doesn't try to open it you know she's she just respects it for once she respects his space and she's like okay i'm not i'm not gonna read it she leaves it in the drawer she doesn't even ask him about it Oh, he's the one wanted to tempted though. oh <laughs> she wanted to <laughs> brings it up to her um and they have this this whole very intense conversation with during the hospital scene about you know he's like did you read it and she's like no no i didn't i didn't and it's very heightened emotions and you know he says he's not afraid to mail it and she's like then what are you what afraid are- of like why is this letter still here? The stamps are on it. Like you just gotta you work at the post office. <laughs> Ooh. Yes. And, and, and Holly was just a concept before she mm-hmm. looked up before Shane looked up the address. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. she's real. Now she's real. A little too real. We'll see her too much of her in a different movie. But um and yeah, and then we have that very intense final scene of Oliver in the rain putting the letter in and shane is behind him with an umbrella and i'm curious do you do you guys think did did oliver know she was there that shane was there behind him or she just i don't like think so sneak? i don't think so i didn't either but i was like that's kind of interesting yeah. adam you don't think so either okay, so there's no way <laughs> he didn't look surprised he would have been like see look and- <laughs> or like bring this umbrella Go over in. here <laughs> yeah I know he's he held the letter out in the rain for a good five minutes. I was like, dude, of course it got lost. <laughs> get that thing in the mailbox. <laughs> you know what's gonna happen to this letter. It's gonna <laughs> get lost because it's ruined. <laughs> and he puts it in the box and it well, it it goes, quote unquote. It, it goes. <laughs> it goes somewhere. <laughs> and we find out more about that in from Paris, from Paris with love but i will say the first time i watched the series now i i binge watched this on the hallmark movies now app and <laughs> when that ended i was like no what happens next wait a minute i know what happens next <laughs> yeah. yeah well yeah, no i that... didn't know what happened next because oh, i hadn't seen the series oh, no right. okay. i was watching it yeah in order because okay. not only ends the episode, it ends the series. Like, right. yeah. that's like a big, yeah, the big ending. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. I, I like, I mean, to, you know, recap that whole episode, I, I love the fact that there were two parallel stories of people finding their families. 
In very Martha's odd way. interweaving. Martha's just, genius at weaving. Mm-hmm. It's just, and just seeing Norman brilliant. Norman connect with artists. It was it was just so beautiful. I mean, she at the end she calls him her sliver of light because mm-hmm. he told her the story about being stuck somewhere and it was really dark and he saw a little sliver of light and knew that it was all going to be okay. And just like it was so beautiful, like those those little touches that Martha puts in there. Yeah. Well, and, and Norman connecting with the twins on such a personal level because Norman's usually the odd man out. Mm-hmm. And now he's the one, remember what they said? He looks so mature. Our little guy is growing up because he's there talking to, he's there talking to the, uh, talking to the twins and he's the one who's able to relate to them. And I mean, Joshua was probably getting, I know there, there was never anything scripted, but I bet Joshua was getting several feelings out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Would that, yes, Adam, no? Yeah, no, no, for sure. I mean, <laughs> I, I caught shoulder off camera. So, you know, Jeff was just always there for me in my personal life too. So that was- Oh, lovely. you guys know each other off camera too. Well, we got to know each other during the episode. And uh-huh. we, stayed, we stayed in touch. Yeah. Um, but, oh, my God, I mean, again, it's like all those, I don't even know how many feelings. I mean, again, it's such a huge thing for, for Josh to go through, right? Mm-hmm. You can wrap your mind around something like that. Um, and then the choice to hug his mother, mm-hmm. right, at the end. Um, you know, that understanding of forgiveness, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think it was just such an important lesson um, for people watching. I think even for the characters of the show, being able to see that. Um, again, it's, it's how do you wrap your mind around um, forgiving your mother who left you? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even if it was for a good reason, um, I think that it, it teaches all of us to be able to sort of step back from ourselves and really look at what someone else is going through, what their journey is. I don't think, and the mom, certainly in this episode, wasn't acting in a malicious way. The mom in this episode was trying to do the very best she could for her son, Mm -hmm. right? Right. So if we can, I'd like to believe that inherently everyone is good, right? We may make some some wrong decisions um, or decisions that may not be the best in the moment, but I do think we're inherently good. And um, if we can remember that, then we can learn something about ourselves and about other people and find that forgiveness. Yeah. You know, I think it's, just, it's an important lesson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's beautifully said. 100%. Yeah. And that's a beautiful note to, to end on. So <laughs> that pretty well wraps up the episode because um, we're about out of time. And so really quick, we, we usually end with trivia. I have four trivia questions and then we'll, we'll be ready to sign off. Are you game, Adam? I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Number one. <laughs> well, oh, no, we, we usually, when we have a guest, we usually give the guest a, the first crack. Because it's been, it's been, you know, an Seven, hour or so <laughs> since we watched it. But I don't know the last time you watched it. So. Been a bit. Been a bit. All right. First one. According to Rita, what does Norman like to eat after a big day? Popcorn. No. Start the right letter. 
All right, Casey, on, on, on three. One, two, three. Pudding. pudding. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> she told him that at the hospital, she mentioned that, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, number two. This one's kind of hard. What did what did Shane major and minor in in college? Oh my gosh, I actually feel like I do know this. Because don't they talk about it right before they meet Josh for the first time, or no? Uh, it's at it's the very, very beginning. It's in the beginning, kind of. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense given what she does. No, but... yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna go out on a limb. So it's major and minor, you said. Mm-hmm. Um anthropology and law <laughs> you're on the law. right track of the the types of liberal artsy kind of degrees mm-hmm. yep. uh, okay i know the it's major, art history it's and art philosophy history. philosophy i just, knew art history but i did not know the minor minor <laughs> was completely over my head <laughs> all right number three what is norman's biological mother's name oh it was a very, very short, quick thing. Parker Pennington Payne is all I know. <laughs> That's the grandmother. <laughs> I don't know. Judith. 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 Oh, okay. And last one. How old was Matt slash Joshua's mother when she had them? Hmm. She was young. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Yes. So we know that. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We do. Uh, I don't think she was in her 20s yet. Mm-mm. I believe she was 18. You're so close. Plus one. Nine. Nine. I was going to say nine. I was going to say nine. <laughs> 19. We'll give it to you. We'll give it to you. We'll give it to you. Thank you. Thank you. That was a good round. Everyone did pretty good on the show. Everyone except for me. But hey, if I could bring some entertainment. (laughs) Kara? Yes. And Adam. (laughs) So on that note, Adam, do you have any social media or anything like that you would like to, to share with the listeners? Yeah, uh, I am on Instagram, uh, at Corson Adam. Uh, I am also on Twitter, at Corson Adam. Um, and, um, I'm sensing a theme here. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a theme. I'm no longer on Facebook, um, not for any particular reason, except I just never really used mm-hmm. it. But Instagram and Twitter, I'm, I'm definitely a part of. Um, and if you want to listen to a really great album, um, you should check out my wife, Siobhan Dillon one voice it's on um uh apple music uh, amazon spotify um it's a really great listen it's a lot of covers and, and just beautiful beautiful voice awesome. can you spell siobhan yes yeah. s-i-o-b-h-a-n uh it's irish siobhan and then dylan d-i-l-l-o-n didn't right. you say that all the proceeds were going to something? What? Yes, all proceeds are going to breast cancer. Um, the uh, foundation is New Haven, I believe. Um, but if you go on my Instagram, you'll actually see uh, my latest post on my Instagram is her singing um, in one take. She did this one take challenge, and it's her in our living room. 
um, singing the song She Used to Be Mine um, from the musical Waitress. Um, and it's just a beautiful rendition of that track. Um, and you'll also see all the information there in my post about the um, uh, new, I believe it's new, um, breast cancer, breast cancer haven um, is I think what it's called, but you'll see it all there on the post. All right, perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, Casey, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Hallmark My Words. Kimmy? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Cami Drama Girl, on Facebook, the Hooked Hardy Facebook page, and my blog is hookedhardy.com. All right. And you can find me at Jess BSW blog on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can find this podcast at Deliver Me a Pod, Deliver Me a Podcast, and then also Hallmarkies Pod and Hallmarkies Podcast across all kinds of social media and YouTube and iTunes and all that good stuff. So please leave us your ratings and reviews and make sure postables. Let's get it trending, okay? The Carol, Carol and Adam. Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I think he said Adam first, but (laughs) we will give it to Carol. We will give it to Carol. Carol. Oh, good. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you guys so much. This was a lot of fun. Yes, it was. We're so glad we got to be able to talk to you and and just hear a little bit more about working with Carol, especially and all the other cool stuff. Yeah. And playing a twin. All right, and thank you to all our listeners for tuning in, and we'll see you next time with For Christmas. It's a big one. Yes. All right, bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.